Hello and welcome to the Just the Chairman of Us podcast, the podcast about living with and without cancer and navigating everyday life from two very different perspectives. I'm Ed, a student journalist. I'm Linda, um, mother of five uh, with bell cancer. Grant, so how are you this week? How, how's your thing? I had to eat this biscuit before I talk. <laughs> like, I'm all right, Ed. It's been a, it's been a weird one. I think the because this week we haven't got a guest on, so we're going to kind of talk about different things. And I suppose loads of shit's happened this week. So rather than do a check in, how was your week? The bleeding podcast to take that up. Do you know that? Where everything that happened. So just where um, the cancer and the chemo and the hospital and all of that. Yeah. But how was your week? Yeah, uh, grand. Yeah, busy, busy, busy. Um, it's never ending, isn't it? Busy. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like I always have something to do, which is fine. Like, I'm not complaining. It's it's nice to kind of keep busy and, like... I'm, but you're always tired as well, aren't you? Like, you're very yeah. like me. You're always kind of knackered. Yeah, but to be honest, I don't think it's got to do with the fact that I'm busy. I think I'm just tired because my diet, I think it's my diet, and I think I drink too much coffee. And, like, I drink three, four cups of coffee a day, which is not good for you. I drink um, about ten cups of tea a day. <laughs> like, I wouldn't touch coffee. So... Yeah, it's always good. It's yeah, it's got to do with my diet and stuff like that. But like, sure, look, I'm not any words, any colonoscopy. No, I haven't heard anything. Um, did we talk about the fact that I had to have a colonoscopy? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said you were going, you were getting called for that. Um, yeah. So he's just referred me. The doctor referred me. I don't have. It'll just it's be whenever it is. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah. Unfortunately, my. To be fair, like I took. He prescribed me some. Uh, lactulose mm. um, and I was taking that and I was having my bowel movements were a bit regular so like it, I think a lot of it's just got to do with my diet and like mm. maybe and you've I'm been just... vegetarian for so long you I, I thought you had a good diet yeah well you see I, I was vegetarian then I'd say I was a vegetarian for about five years and then I'd say about four years ago I stopped being a vegetarian and started eating chicken again so I've been eating chicken for ages like oh right and I eat like pork it's just I don't really like red meat. I don't really like beef. Like beef would be something that I'd avoid, which is ironic because I work in an, an environment. Would with you beef. eat mince? Like no, oh, like mince I is wouldn't. my favorite meat. Like I'd eat mince three times a week if I could get away with it. All yeah, time. you see, like and whereas I wouldn't like now. Don't like I love shepherd's pie, but oh. I have to make it with pork mince because I don't like beef lasagna, mince. a shepherd's pie. Can't get behind lasagna. Spaghetti bolognese, mince onions, potatoes with gravy. I'd, eat, I'd put mince in every dinner if I could. Love yeah, it. you see, and I love, like, I love there gravy. I wouldn't eat chops or anything like that, like, or steak. I wouldn't eat anything like that. Uh, I wouldn't eat steak now, but I do love chops. Like, I love pork chops. Um, But, yeah, so uh, I'm just waiting on a date for it. But, really, I think a lot of my my bowel movement issues has to do with what I'm eating. And maybe I need a bit more fibre in my diet. Like, I'm trying to eat more fruit in the mornings. It's not even that. Like, it's back to what we spoke about in, in the first podcast. It's about not checking in with your body you're so busy that you're eating on the go a lot of the time i'd imagine mm. i don't know if you are but i'm assuming you are yeah i do eat a lot and food. you're not giving your body time to digest or everything's a rush not just you like people in general it, it's society and that impacts on their immune system and their poop yeah I was, I was actually in the shop today and they had slip poop slippers i nearly bought them poop slippers <laughs> they were really cool anyway um but yeah so like i'm just yeah i'm just kind of i think i need to like i think i I need to try and find a balance between like the stuff so i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to join the gym because i need i at least if i join the gym and i'm paying for it 
I know it's not necessary, but... I don't believe that bullshit that if you join the gym and you're paying for it, it'll go because I know so many people who are yeah. doing that and they're not going. And to be fair, like, I, the last time I joined the gym, I was paying for it and I paid for it for six months and I went twice. Twice like, in six months. Like, that was a waste. That was like me paying for the union for eight years and I rang them once and they didn't They didn't even come to the phone and then I it was like 28 quid a, a month. And Pardon. yeah, like, and it's kind of like you pay for things and it's the same with insurance. Like, you pay insurance for so long and then nothing ever happens and then the minute you don't pay it, something happens. And unfortunately that happened to me. Um, yeah. So. And, and that's the thing, like, it's kind of like, so I'm hoping, like, I'm going to join the gym and maybe that'll make me a bit more proactive. But like, if I join it for a month and I don't end up going more than, I don't know, five times or six times in that month. But then yeah. I'm just going to get rid of it again because there's no point. It's a waste. Mm. But like I would be fairly active. Like I, I do a lot of walking and work. Like I'm on my feet all day and work. I don't get to sit down. So. Yeah. And you're quite slim as well. Yeah. Like I don't have, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a weight issue on either side. Mm. Like I wouldn't be overweight, but I wouldn't be underweight either. Like yeah. I, I am a healthy weight. I um, think when I, when I have my radiation and I have my key and my surgery, and all of that happens and da 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 da. Um, I'm nine stone four now, Eddie. So like I was eight stone, went down to seven stone in January, back up to eight, and now I'm nine stone four. And it's all centering around my belly. I need to like get. To, I need to do exercise. I need to be exercising because mm. I'm very self conscious. I'm like when I was skinny, skinny, I was self conscious, and now I'm like, oh god, why doesn't the fat just spread evenly around your body? <laughs> Do you know? Now my boobs have got bigger, and I'm fucking delighted because I never had boobs. My arse has got bigger. But then you're just left to a tire around your belly. I'm like, please, would you just spread yourself around a bit more? Yeah, but you have to remember that when you go to have your operation on your bowel, you're going gonna to lose weight naturally yeah. because that's naturally what happens. One of the girls told me that, that she'd been putting on a lot of weight. And the doctors said to her, you're going to need that for after your surgery. So, yeah. So it'll be good for you. Like, it is good for your body, yeah. in a sense. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm happy that I'm bigger, but... At the same time, I have a whole wardrobe of clothes that don't fit me. Mm. And I was thinking of setting up a Depop and just selling everything because a lot of my stuff's good. There's yeah. brand new long, like full length dresses in my wardrobe that I bought for weddings that didn't happen because of COVID. And they're sitting in the feckin' wardrobe with the tags on it. So I was like, why well, not just make a bit of money? But then if I end up skinny again, I'll have no clothes. So just, yeah, I haven't like, thrown anything away or given anything away because I'm like, oh, what if I lose the weight and I need these? Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, but there's no harm in like, you could maybe half your wardrobe and half of the stuff get rid of and keep some of it. I did, you, do I got rid of some the other day. But there's pieces of clothing I have that I just can't part with. But Depop is great. Like, it's great. Like, I use it. I buy a lot of my books on Depop because it's secondhand. It's good for the environment. Yeah. Like, you're not going... And like you should, you should look on Depop yourself for mm. to buy stuff. Like yeah, it is. Oh, and good. another thing I wanted to say to you while I remember, when we finished the podcast, will you help me? Like the money for the ark is still sitting. Yeah, and I, I don't know how that. to. I yeah, don't know you how just to have to. It. As far as I know, you just have to close the GoFundMe. So like when you close it, then it gets. Yeah, it's to sitting there, and I'm like, this needs to go to them. Why is it still not gone? Um, I thought it automatically just went yeah but if you don't have as far as i'm aware if you don't have an end date on it okay see because uh, as far as the way i remember gofundme working and this was years ago or maybe it wasn't gofundme maybe it was this it was a different just one, but, given or something yeah maybe it was a different one or something but basically if you didn't reach your target goal you got none of the money so none of the money went now i don't know maybe that i'm confusing that with something else yeah. but basically if your goal was 500 euro and you didn't meet 500 euro say you made 300 they wouldn't get to 300 you had to make your goal or oh, go right, over that's it a bit crap. um 
but obviously you would doubled your goal. Yeah, your goal so I just need to get it to them. It's still sitting there. Yeah, grand. I'll, I'll um, have a look at it uh, after this and right. we can send Perfect, it over to them. Because if I don't say that, now, I'll, I'll forget. Um, so look, I suppose this week we don't have a guest on. Uh, there's a couple of people in that that will be coming on over the next few weeks. Um, I'm really intrigued by their stories, like really intrigued. So that'll be really interesting. Um, but for this week, I think it was good that me and you just kind of, you know, chatted about what's been happening, what's coming next, me nerves about next week, all of that. Um, but my whole week was took up by cancer. So had me chemo on Friday I actually was out of the hospital by 10 to 12 I couldn't believe it strapped ready to go done could not believe it and the oncologist said to me oh just in case your radiation takes a bit of time we might do one more next week I was like no, <laughs> no you won't be and I went and he booked me in for next Friday and booked the bloods in for the touristy and I went down to my nurse and I was like look I can't wait till Friday like I had my CT scan yesterday mm. which is touristy yeah and I have to wait till Wednesday next week only because I went to my nurse and was like, can I see him today? And she was like, the results of the CT won't be there today. There's no point. Can I see him on Wednesday in this clinic, outpatient clinic, instead of waiting until Friday? And she was like, absolutely. So she booked me in for Wednesday. So your man with his another chemo can go and whatever. But I was home and it was grand. And then on Saturday, I spent the whole day applying for a job, kind of, um, the job application was so big like the application was so big and when i went to send out a last question for and i did a really good question for but then i lost it so then i had to go in and do oh, a shitty one like so i finished that at near five o'clock so it was like a working day saturday while i was strapped in bed to chemo with my laptop da 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 um and then luckily i was able to get off on sunday at half past 10 in the morning which was the first time i've never got that lucky oh like i don't know how but what happened was on the Friday, they said that they've stopped doing the bloods up on the oncology ward. Everybody's been sent down to where I go on a Thursday, but they're all going down there on a Friday. So it's a bit, it's, 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 I suppose it's about managing all of that. Anyway, that was grand. And then I was just, I just wasn't feeling myself. Like I just, I haven't bounced back this week at all. Like I really don't feel 100% still. Um, and I had this reflux that I spoke about la the last time we were talking but it was so bad that like I was sitting eating breakfast with Carl on Wednesday crying with the pain of no matter what I swallowed mm. like oh my god so I rang my oncology nurse and what had happened was all the all the staff were on strike what are they called again the what staff the lab the lab staff were on strike so there was no oncology clinic on that day so I had to go to A&E because I couldn't swallow like and the pain was in my chest as well it's just stuck here in my chest and what Katie was saying to me was, um, when you're on the push and pump 5FU that I was on, no one ever told me this, Eddie. When you're on the 5FU push and pump, what happens is you can get cardiovascular toxicity around your heart. And that's what they wanted me to come in for, to rule it out. So I went in and like, this is how badly I was treated when I went to A&E, right? I thought we've spoke about on the podcast, I think, the argument between the A&E and oncology and A&E don't think they should take the patients they think they should go straight to oncology so up I rock at 10 to 12 on Wednesday morning to A&E and your woman took me details and sent me into triage they brought me in they triaged me which they took my name all of that stuff checked my blood pressure sent me back out into a waiting room full of people and said oncology will deal with you 
And I went back out and I sat down and there was a few people there, but there was one girl with no mask on. And about 10 minutes later, she came out of the triage room and said, mad, are sending me into isolation. She's fucking breathing her germs all over everyone because she's no mask on. Um, and it's such bad practice. Like I, mm. I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have even been sent back out into the waiting room. That's the first time that they haven't brought me straight in as a cancer patient. So three hours I sat waiting to be called. Some little old woman came out and called me and put me in a room sitting on a chair and said, just wait there. And then oncology came down about an hour later. So I was a few hours like, yeah. and it's just not. And I said to the oncology nurse on the phone, I'd rather die than go to A&E. That's the way you're treated. Like it's so poor. Yeah. Um, and it is, a, it, whatever's going on, that's their argument. Like actually it was said to me yesterday that I should actually go through the complaints process and make it, make a complaint because it's so bad. Like, Well, if you think it's warranted. And I think it is yeah. warranted because they should never like, and I actually went back to the door and knocked on the door and said, I just want to get a bit of clarity. Are you guys not doing my bloods or checking anything? And she said, no, oncology will see it. And you know what's funny? So you're saying that there's this row between uh, Amy and oncology. I don't even oncology. know it's a row. It's just like they refuse to do my... Everyone's bloods are done in triage. Mine were refused. But, but the problem is you're a patient. So they're letting whatever conflict is going on between those departments, yeah. they're letting that affect patient care, yeah. which they shouldn't be. And because I, I had this reflux thing, it was it was inflamed as esophagus, right? Mm. If that was cardiovascular toxicity, I could have became very unwell very quickly. And I said this to the oncologist yesterday morning, she was lovely. And I was like, I could have become very unwell very quickly. I wasn't feeling great anyway. Um, but I think because my blood pressure was okay, they thought, let's throw her out there. Oncology can deal with her. It's only 12 o'clock in the day. So they're still up there. They can manage it. You know, this kind of attitude. Um, but I went back to clarify with triage. I knocked on the door and I asked her and she said, no, we won't be doing your bloods. That's all down to um, all down to oncology. And actually the oncologist who came down to see me, he took my bloods because they refused to do it. Yeah. And I just think that's shocking. Like, yeah, no, it and is. And yeah, I was quite unwell and I still don't feel great. But there's people going in there with cancer a lot sicker than me. Mm. And how are they treated the same? Yeah, are they left sat in their waiting room with God knows who has what? I know. No, thank God. Jesus Christ. It's not cardiovascular toxicity. I've had a chest x-ray. I had two ECGs. I had lots of bloods. It is a really bad inflamed esophagus. And it's like, what did they say it was called? Reflux. Reflux. Really, oh, so bad. So they put me on a load of medication. I'm on medication anyway for reflux. But they've put me on more, um, which is kind of soothing it. Um, they let me out then yesterday. So the reason for being kept overnight was to do two different ECGs and two sets of bloods to make sure that this cardio problem wasn't going to develop overnight. My white blood cells were a tiny bit low, nothing to worry about, she said. And I came home then, I got home about half five. And then I woke up this morning with a pain in my shoulder and my arm and I was like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. That pain only left me an hour ago. I had it from 20 to 7 until an hour ago. I actually thought I was going to end up back in A&E. And the, even the fear of having to go to A&E again, it's just, it's just terrible. Like, you shouldn't be made feel like that. And do you have to go to James's A&E because they're the ones that deal with your oh, cancer? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's my oncology clinic. Like, oh, okay. all my stuff is there, you know. So you couldn't um, even choose to go to Tala or choose to go to it would, Like else. I can go to any hospital I want to, but then it's them trying to figure out what's my diagnosis, what's all my yeah. scans. But anyway, in the heel of the hunt, I was due my 
um, CT scan at 20 to 3 yesterday and I had to fast for four hours before. So they said, look, we're going to let you home, but you might as well stay here and have your scan and then go home. So I went down and I had my CT scan and unfortunately the results won't be ready till Wednesday. So you have to wait till Wednesday. Yeah, so I need to keep, and I'm, I'm having a lot of med, like anxiety. Like scanxiety? Not even, I don't know, not even, that just, oh, I fucking hate getting upset, you know that? Do you know what I think it is? So many people are getting to five years and dying. And, and that's just become a real reality. But you're focusing on, the thing is, you're focusing on the people that are getting to five years and dying. You're not focusing on, the, what about all the other people that yeah, are, are getting Yeah, but like somebody that I, that I follow and you probably know about are on, on Deborah on, um, on Instagram. She had 17 tumours removed. She still died five years later. Like she's dying now. She's not yeah. dead. She's dying. And I think all of that like, just freaks me the fuck out. Like, oh my, and I'm like, so this is year one. Like what happens in five years? Like, um, and so many people around me are really sick. Yeah, and it's just, it's really scary. Like every day, like even today when I had the pain in my arm, I had myself convinced I was going to have a heart attack and die, like. But I think you're looking, like, I think your thing is you, my last, again. My last, my last chemo was horrible. Yeah. It really was tough and it's still tough. And I'm still feeling really fucking shit from it. Like I, I'm tired. I'm, my mouth really hurts. My fucking esophagus. I've got thrush. I have piles. Do you want to fucking list? Like, <laughs> but it's your oh. last one. That's the thing for but now. It's not like, like, yeah, for, yeah, now, for it now it's your last one. Like, so, so when your man said to me last week, "Oh, we might do one more while you're waiting on your on your radiation," I was looked at him and I was like, <laughs> "You can go." And no, I didn't say it. But yet, yeah, like, just so many people are so well, and it just freaks me out. Like that's when I realised, God, Linda, you're in that. You're in that kind of category or bracket of people who like not many people yeah but you need to stop it like your thing is you're comparing your diagnosis and your illness to everyone else it, you need to it that's your your journey is different to everyone else's and we spoke about this with Anne-Marie when we had Anne-Marie on yeah. everyone's journey is different and do you know what's going to happen in a year's time two years time three years time no none of us know what's going to happen and I suppose because of my scan yesterday the scan is to check my thorax my abdomen and my pelvis and it is to check the liver to make sure that all of those tumours are gone and I think I'm just so scared that when I go next week he's going to tell me that actually there's a few more tumours on your liver which means then that nothing else happens after that you know, so, and I know I'm thinking, I'm overthinking But do you know it. that? But not only am I an overthinker, I'm an overshare already. We know that. That's mm. me. Like, you know, I overshare, I overthink. That's just the way I am. But I just think this week, I'll, like, I've just heard of so many people, and some I know and some I don't, who are really, really poorly. And, and it's the reality of, it doesn't matter whether my cancer is different to them. It matters that I have cancer and it's the one disease that kills you. Yeah. And that's what freaks me out. Not because... Mary up the road has 25 tumours and she's alive 20 years later. Hmm. Everyone's different, you know? And today I just don't feel strong, like... But, and I think that's coupled with the fact that you've had your scans, so you're waiting on your results. The yeah. waiting is the worst part. And also, all these stories that you're... you're, mm. And it's because of the week that you've had your scan, you're just waiting. It's the waiting. Been in hospital, yeah. And then just looking at, like, people when they are, how sick they are. Like, oh my God, it's like... Do I ever want to be that sick, that frail, that vulnerable? Do I ever, you know, it's just scary, Eddie. 
and that's kind of where I am this week and it's just shy like but also I think you need to not you need to you need to find a way to cope with not looking so you're looking into the future there's no what is no choice but what is the point because you cannot predict the future no one can we're not like we cannot predict the future and also another thing that i'd say to you is have you been back to see psychology no because they haven't contacted me at all have you done anything about it no i haven't and i haven't really been bothered because you know what eddie I'm really going to need to lean on them for this surgery. Like, really. And if but, not, but she told me I'd only get 12 sessions. So if I would need to push my sessions out a little bit further to get me through coming up to my surgery, then so be it. You know, I will contact them this week. But, uh, but like, because you... But these are normal worries to have. Like, I'm not sitting here being a basket case today because... Because I'm a basket case. It's because it's life. Like, and I'm allowed to get upset. And I'm allowed to have days when I feel vulnerable. And I'm scared. And... <sighs> yeah. And that is okay. And yet you are completely... And then tomorrow because... I can get up and pull my big knickers up and get on with it like I do. Yeah. But I am allowed to have... This is the reality of cancer. Like, do mm. you know what I mean? And it is. And you're... It's very... Your feelings are very valid. They're... Like, they're your feelings. And... Like I already know that tomorrow I have my eight my daughter's eight eight my eight year old daughter Lola whole party, so that keeps me focused. And then Sunday I've nothing, so I have to find something to do. And then on Monday and Tuesday I'm at work. I'll be really busy, and then I'll get to Wednesday because you can't cope sitting at home for twelve hours a day doing nothing, waiting for a scan result. You fucking lose your mind. Yeah. Like. So yeah, I am scared about the scan. And yesterday I was just hoping when I came back. Because when the oncologist came back to discharge me, I was like, oh, the scan result's back. And he's like, no, they're not up on the system yet. You know, when I'd had a chest x-ray and that, they couldn't get that up on the system. So mm. I don't know what the results of that was either. But it's just that fear. And like next week, I'll be in a different place because I'll have my scans. I'll have my plan. Mm. But for this week, um, yeah, I've just had a shit week. Like completely shit. And I find myself crying. Like for nothing. Again, proper tears just rolling down my face and I'm like a big child. But I don't think it's for nothing. I think that's your way of coping with things. I'll give you an example, right? The poor kids were hugging me the other day. We were sitting eating dinner and I couldn't eat my dinner and I was crying and Carl was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, this is true story, right? Fucking, I'm like, I'm such a mess, right? And I was like, the kids were eating the dinner and I was like, oh, I did something really stupid. And he was like, what? I was like, I was trying to see could we get a weekend away without the kids before all the shit hits the fan no pun intended so i went on to booking.com and i booked us two nights away and and you know you don't have to pay till you get there so coming up near at the time we could have cancelled it but then when i clicked it and booked it there was no you weren't allowed to cancel it so if i cancelled it i had to pay like it said it was 319 but ended up being 379 so this whole breakdown, Eddie, about how, oh, what if we can't go on this weekend away and then I've just, they're going to take 400 quid out of my bank and da 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 right? And got myself in such a state and the tears, the kids were coming over hugging me and like, it was ridiculous. Like I was yeah. in such a state. And I had emailed them saying, this is the situation, da 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 da. And booking.com came back and said, look, it is the discretion of the hotel, but it does clearly state that if you cancel, we take the whole amount, like, and I was like, well, I don't want to cancel if you're going to do that because I'd rather, you know, sell at half price or give it away or whatever. And then the hotel came back and said, look, we're going to wipe. Oh, we're that was nice, wasn't the, it? Yeah, we're going to wipe the whole charge. But I walked myself up into such a tizzy. And that's what fucking chemo does to you. 
Do you know what I mean? So people do say to me, well, you look great. But inside I feel like shit. Like, yeah, do you, know you what don't mean? feel great. Like. But I got so upset. Like, we're all sitting eating dinner. Imagine that I'm there going, oh, I've done something really stupid. And he's looking at me going, he thought I murdered someone the way I was going on. Do you and know? that's the thing. Like, you go, worst case scenario. Yeah. You didn't even rationalise that situation and be like, right, maybe if I email the I hotel, sent, I did send the email and then I explained and I said nothing. But then I started crying at the dinner table and Carl was like, are you all right? What's wrong with you? And he came over and gave me a hug and then I was like, oh, and then I've done this really stupid <laughs> thing. And he was like, why, what did you do? And it was, really wasn't stupid. Like, it was just an accident that I didn't and read, that I couldn't cancel it, you know? And so why, why, weren't, why wouldn't you, why would you have not been able to go on the weekend? Because I was looking to do it around the 17th to the 19th of June. And I've just applied for a job that might, the interview might come up, so I might have had to cancel it. Mm. My radiation could start. I don't know. Until I see my my doctor on Wednesday, I don't know anything. Yeah, but could you not have gone on the weekend and then pushed the radiation back by two days or something? No, but like? if... It, I don't know. Because like, the radiation is done by a completely different team. Yeah, but they would have... I'm sure they would have... I've heard, it, yeah. like... And I know you keep saying to me... Like, Ed, I know you're the, like, the really rational one, and I'm the... I can be irrational like I am today, because I'm just so tired and emotional and... But a couple of girls have been talking to over the last week have told me stories about radiation, right? Mm. Whereas I'm having five days radiation. So hopefully I'll be okay. But like some of these girls have had like 28, 30 sessions and they've got two degree bones on their fannies and their bums. Oh my God. Like, and I'm going, oh, <laughs> and like proper sitting saying, I'm destroyed. Like the gates are closed. And I'm going, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, it's, and we laugh about it, like, because we do, we sit and laugh about it. But at the same time, it's not funny, like, it's, yeah. these people are in pain. Yeah. And I'm only having five sessions, so, and she was like, one of the girls was saying to me, like, how sensitive would your skin, I would have quite sensitive skin, but I would imagine five sessions isn't going to destroy me, like. Yeah. But, like, two degree bones on your vagina, I was like, I'm so fucking lucky, why am I sitting here crying? These women are walking like John Wayne up the road six months after they've had radiation. Oh, gosh. You know, so... Yeah, I'm just all over the gap. <laughs> yeah, but that's, look, that's normal. And I think it's the week that's in it, yeah. coupled with, you finished your chemo, you're I've waiting been in hospital, I've had to ring in yeah. sick to work again. People I know, I feel sad for, are dying. I feel really, mm. really sad for them. Um, Like, I've really kind of stepped back from my Instagram even. I'm not really doing much on that. I'm, yeah, I'm just like... Hey, do you know what's funny, actually, because... What's funny is I obviously my situation's a lot different to yours and stuff like that, but I've felt like this week the end of last week and this week everything feels like a chore to me. Like yeah, everything I mean, yeah. the only thing that does not feel like a chore to me is going to bed and mm. staying in bed. Which is really worrying because yeah. usually like I would be quite proactive and I'd want to get up and get out like I don't spend time in my house. I just don't like it. Like yeah. like you, I if I, I have a day active, off yeah. I need to find something to do because mm. my brain will start running. But the past week has just felt everything's felt like a chore. Yeah. Um. So like. And like yesterday, I was lying in the bed. I fell asleep on the bed because I was staying there obviously from a scan, and I was fasting, so I had no lunch, and everyone was having their lunch in the hospital. The smell, I was bleeding, leaping. But there's no lady beside me, ninety eight, nearly ninety nine. What a warrior! Still walks, very active. Da da da. But they were trying to get her to eat, and so she had a big dinner the night before, and then she had her lunch, and I'm not able for if someone's vomiting, I'm vomiting. Mm. And I woke up to her throwing up, but there was nobody around. So me and another lady were trying to help her. I ended up having to put a mask on and go for a walk up the corridor because I thought, 
Did she have cancer, that old lady? No, no, no. I was, and as people can't understand that, this is the third time I've been in hospital. They've never put me on a cancer. Oh, this was in A&E, was it? No, this was in, in, I've never been put on a cancer ward. I was on the Willy Wilde ward. <laughs> Everyone thinks that's a joke. Oh, that, oh, it, so last night you were put in a ward? No, I no, went into hospital on Wednesday at 12 and I got to bed at 10 o'clock that night. Oh, okay. And I was in, on the Willy Wilde ward. Oh, and that's can, what it's called. And like, that was the ward that the lady was getting sick on. Yeah, but like oh. I was, I couldn't cope. Like I had to, I ended up having to put a mask on and just go down the car. I said to the nurse, I can't. It's not that I just can't what, listen to people getting sick. Like she actually woke me. Yeah. Um, what, a, like, oh, what a warrior. So like, like Deadly, like 99 year old flying around. Um. But that's another, a couple of other cancer patients have said to me, have you ever been on the Ho- Donal Hollywood ward, which is the cancer ward? And I yeah. said, no, I've been in hospital three times since January and not once. Now, I probably don't want to be on it anyway because people are quite sick on that ward. Yeah. You know, they're really unwell. Where, yeah, the first time I went in with the sepsis and stuff, I was very sick. But the last time was chest infection. And then yesterday was, and the day before was just because of this refluxy thing. You know, but no, I've never been over that side of the hospital. Um, and that's probably, to be fair, that's probably a good thing for your well, own yeah, kind of state of mind oh, of and course. stuff like that. And like, I, I am very emotional this week and it's okay to be emotional. I don't give a fuck who I cry in front of. Mm. Like, it's normal. But like, I am a big cryback. Like, I cry at everything. Yeah, but that's your way of coping and that's fine. No, it's Everyone. not. It's the fucking chemo. That's what it is. Like, yeah, but you would cry normally, would you not? Not as much before all of this, like, yeah, but yeah. now I'm just a whinger. Yeah, are, are you on your period as well? No, no. Because remember the last time yeah. you had your chemo and your period and you and were, like, really... And I was bawling, yeah. But today I'm... I'm tired emotional. Like, I'm tired emotional. And Carl let the kids um, charge their iPads in the bedroom last night. And an alarm was going off at 20 to 7 this morning. And he's nudging me going, Linda, someone's ringing your phone. And I got up and there was no one on my phone there was one of the kids alarms gone off on their ipads i nearly bounced the ipad off his head because i was awake then from 20 to 7 so yeah. i'm tired i am like the, the chemo has knocked out me i am tired i'm not gonna lie um but this is definitely being my hardest on my physical my mental health i'm really like i felt i find myself having little panic moments this week mm. you know and i know it's because i no, i didn't have scan anxiety at all because i was already in hospital and i'd had x-rays it's just the results now on Wednesday like I just don't yeah and they could be great like could be mm. your liver is perfect now because yeah. they were saying this whole thing is really new to me this esophagus stuff going on and obviously it's because I've had surgery on my liver which messes stuff around yeah Um, but I just you know there again when I go from 0 to 100 so I've got this thing in my esophagus so now there's a tumour there you know in my head would you, know, you uh, Quick question, right? This is a bit of a weird question. I was just thinking about there. So say when you go and have your surgery on your bowel mm. and they remove the tumour, would you ever, like, because I'm just really weird, like, I would like to see that tumour. Like, I would like to see it in a... In a jar. In a I jar suppose or you something. can ask, yeah. Like, I think that'd be really interesting just to see what it actually looks like. Mm. I never thought of that, um, actually. No, I know most like, people uh, To be honest, but... like, I'm really struggling with the thought of having bowel surgery, so... And because the liver surgery was so difficult, really, mm. like the, the trauma, I still have trauma from that. Yeah. Um, 
I worry about the bowel surgery and how I'm going to be after that. And not only that, I worry that I've put my body through so much and next week he tells me there's a couple of tumours on my liver. I don't know what I'll do, like, I have to be honest. Yeah, but you don't... I don't the, know that. Yeah, That's in my head, that. like, yeah. yeah. And you need to stop going there because... I can't, Eddie, until I sit in front of him because unless you're in the situation, you don't... Know, like, you can't, like, unless someone hypnotizes me for the next five days like i know monday and tuesday i'm really busy and work and, and i'll be I'll, I'll be like it, it won't be in won't be in my mind and tomorrow we've got lola's birthday but i need to find something on sunday just to keep me ticking over yeah um i can't because i find myself in the worst case scenarios which is what we do because I find when I don't go to the worst case scenario, it becomes the worst case scenario. Yeah. It's so weird. That is like the weirdest thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we were actually, and we were discussing that because yeah. I remember you told me today that you were going down to have your colonoscopy. colonoscopy. You were like, ah, it's nothing. Like maybe have Crohn's or something. You didn't go to the worst case scenario. No, and, and it, was. it was. So so now I like completely go to the worst case scenario. Look, my hope is that on Wednesday he's going to tell me there's no new tumours. What he did tell me last week was... That, or I don't know whether it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. I said, look, I have stage four bowel cancer. It's in my bowel. It's in my liver. No one's ever spoke to me about my lymph nodes. Can you tell me how, like about my lymph nodes? So we went on the computer and he found my last PET scan. Now the PET scan is where they put radiation into you and they can, all, all your cancer comes up in luminous. Oh yeah. So you sit for an hour and it goes through your, they put radiation into your body and you sit for an hour and the radiation goes through your body and then you go into this machine and anywhere this cancer kind of illuminates on the screen. And he said your last PET scan, which was December, showed no lymph nodes were affected with cancer, which is great. Yeah. Which is great. So it is about if these six tumours are complete and my liver looks really well, it's just about shrinking this tumour in my bowel um, with radiation for a week. And yeah. then going into into um, surgery, so we will discuss all that on Wednesday. Like Professor Gallagher will have a plan; he always does. And if he doesn't, I'll fucking kill him because I am impatient. And not only that, Ed, I'm working part time. I need to be respectful to my employee and be able to say, I know that this is happening here, here, and here. And then they know that I'm not around. Whereas if I'm going into it the week before, it's a bit disrespectful. Like you know, yeah. So. They, I suppose medical they don't look at it like that but I'm going to be pointing that out to them that I have a job I have children I have commitments and I'd like to do a few things before my radiation and my surgery so give us a plan like yeah you're going to you know? need to be able to plan and stuff like that yeah sorry I'm not ignoring you I know you're looking at me looking at the thing Um, I was just googling um pet scan i was just googling how much they cost actually because i was just intrigued. oh my gp when i told my gp i was having a pet scan he said to me oh they're very expensive but you don't need to worry about that i was like you cheeky bollocks yeah they uh, <laughs> i'd imagine they are really expensive like mm. the machine is like the machine looks yeah you, you, and you feel very sick because you feel like you're spinning around slowly but you're not i don't it's know it's the machine spinning yeah you're yeah. not like um, um, I didn't like the first time I ever got that done freaked me out but then the second time it was yeah it's very fascinating like it's so fascinating how how it shows all that's like how it shows that stuff up like how it that's what it targets yeah like, that's really interesting and another thing like my a friend of mine that I've met through chemo and actually she's a really funny lady like she she's really positive she's lovely she has bell cancer too and she has the brachygene which the brachygene is usually I assumed was found within breast cancer mm. and people have their womb and their ovaries and stuff removed but she actually has bowel cancer 
and has the Boracca gene. So hopefully she's going to come on and chat to us about all of that, Eddie. Yeah. Which I think will be really educational because I'm learning so much, you know, like over the last 10 months. But the more I go further into, into, into my cancer journey, the more I learn. Yeah. You know, um, and like this week has just been a shit week. And you know, you know, I follow that bell babe on Instagram and I have her book. I've read her book and, and like last week she came on and said, there's nothing more they can do. She's, she's 25 diagnosed, just turned 40. And they made her, a, Prince William came to our house and made her a dame this week because she raised 7 million in two days, in a couple of days for charity. So she is dying. And sadly last night, um, she's just done an in, she's just done an in the style, fashion, whatever, clothing line. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just sad I won't be alive to see it. But what they've done is that they've, they've brought out some of her stuff, one being a charity t-shirt. Yeah. So I went on and bought the t-shirt and 26 quid it was for the t-shirt because a lot of the money goes to, you know, research. But she's raised that seven and a half million for the UK cancer research and two other, the Royal Marston and somewhere else. And it's just amazing the work she done. But I feel so sad for her and for her family that she won't be alive when her book's published. She won't be alive when her clothing range comes out. She knows she's dying. And she's standing there on a really frail on a stick and I'm just thinking, oh my God, I really don't want to be that person. It's just so sad for yeah, it the is. family. Like her children are 12 and 14 and like they're there with a smile on their face and you just know that like any day or any, she doesn't have long, like it's not going to be. And she's really tan, which again, it's her liver that's, her liver is what's let her down, like, yeah. you know? And the yeah, is it a John the Smord in a tan? You know, and it's yeah, just, yeah. Oh, it's just so sad. I feel really sad for other people that are being really impacted by cancer, even though I am myself, because a lot of the time I forget I have cancer, but I definitely know this week I have it because I feel like fucking shit. Yeah, it is, and it is difficult. But also, I think like there's a quite a big positive in her story which is really good like she's raised all this money for cancer she's raised so much awareness for bowel cancer um, and she's had the age lord from 60 to 50 in England yeah to the government which is what we're trying to do yeah Um, but we want it to 40 not 50 but look we'll take what we can Um, but yeah like she's even had that like so like she's had a massive impact on and I suppose that's why I feel really sad for her because she's, she's only just turned 40. Yeah. She's a young woman with two young kids. Cancer doesn't discriminate and that's a sad thing. And I suppose this week for me, I've spent a lot of time panicking about, oh God, what if something bad happens? What if, you know, what if I get an infection? And what, what if it's my heart? So every little thing that happens in my head has is, is been... What's that Poisoned. Word? Yeah, like... Um, and just, I'm all, like I know, I know I'm all right, Ed, and I know i you know I'm in a good place and I'm in a better position than so many others. But I'm allowed to have a bad week. Like, yeah, you're in cry. your position. That's the yeah. thing. Like you yeah. can't compare yours. Is, your journey's not any oh, less or more not. than other people's. No. Everyone has their own. Because when you hear someone's got bowel cancer, the like so obviously I'm going through the system and I know all these people. We've all got such different stories. Not one of us have the same story. Yeah, you know, some people have it in their lung and their liver. Some people have it in their lymph nodes too. Some people have BRCA genes. Yeah. Like there's so much 
I'm sure if you put your scans diversity. all in a line, they'd all yeah. be different. Everyone's would be and different. And so much diversity around us all. Like, yeah. we're all so diverse in our... Is that the right word? Diverse, diverse in our... Yeah. In our in I get our, what you're trying to say, yeah. Yeah, like, like... We all have differences in our diagnosis, but we're all going through the same process. Yeah. You know? Um, I just looked there. I was just looking for a price on a PET scan. Two and a half thousand. I've had two of those. To like, have a PET scan. That's a full body. Did you, you did have a full body. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, so you've got, body. It's really creepy because you go into this room, there's a camera. You go into this room, you can your phone, you can't turn your phone on. Your phone won't work. There's mm. no, can't get any connection on your phone. They tell you to put your phone away. They, they come in with this cylinder. It's like, it's really creepy. It's like this cylinder. They open it. They inject the radiation into your arm and then you're left sitting there for an hour. So that radiation goes from your brain to your toes, your whole body your whole body and then after an hour they come in they go can you go for a wee they always do that can you go for a wee so you have to wee and then you go in and you go under the machine and so what's the story with the is the radiation harmful to you then well yeah i'm not allowed to be around kids or pregnant women for six hours after so it's harmless to others yeah oh okay so i've had two and and when i go back on wednesday prof gallagher might say we'll we're gonna it. do another pet scan you know um, yeah. which is fine um because that gives you a good indication of exactly where it is. And that's how, like, we know it's in my liver and we know it's in my bowel. Yeah. Because the PET scan shows it. Uh, so if the CT scan comes back not showing much, that could be something that will happen. But the the, the, the biggest part of that PET scan is, is the preparation. Mm. It's like everything else. I went for a CT scan yesterday. So you have to have a cannula in your arm so they can put contrast in. So that takes more time than going through the bloody machine. Yeah. How long you know? is the pet, how long are you in the machine for a PET scan? PET scan about ten minutes maybe. Ten minutes, and it takes an hour for a prep, maybe longer. An hour for prep, then you have to go for a week. You're not allowed going. You have to do your hour, let it because it has to walk through your body. Yeah. Go for your wee, go into the machine, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if even that. And then they bring you into this little weird room and give you a cup of tea and a sandwich because you're fasting. Like, yeah. um, The first time I had it done, it really freaked me out. I actually just now, both times I've had it done, they give it to me and I just put a blanket over me and go sleep for the hour and wake up and it's time to go in. That's Rather than sitting there for an hour. Um, but they're the scans that will tell everything, you know, they're important. Like, And did they tell you why you need to go for a wee before it? No, no, and I've never mm. asked. I should really ask, but everybody's told. Can you go for a wee there, please? Oh, I swear to God, yeah. It's strange. Isn't it, it is strange, isn't it? Unless you just need to flush out. Yeah, um, maybe. Like the amount of stuff you learn as a cancer patient, like, and I am a question asker, so a lot of people don't want to ask questions. I want to know everything about my. That's why when I said to him about my lymph nodes, he was like, "None of your lymph nodes are infected with cancer." Oh. And that was a PET scan that showed it. Um, it's to do with the image quality. Okay. Um, it's called bladder voiding. Bladder voiding before the delayed scan can markedly improve the image quality and reduce the radiation dose to the patient and staff conducting the study. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Which is uh, yeah. Which is strange, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I feel a bit better now after that cry. Maybe I just needed that and you were the one that, and everyone else was going to hear it. Um, yeah, I always get struck with it. I know, we are used to me by now, you know. Oh, um, just, so, and, and I felt this week, sorry, you know, I felt this mm. week I'm more negative around my cancer. I've always been real positive, real mm. strong. And, you know, this week I've just haven't felt that. I felt like more vulnerable. 
Moira, why have you felt so negative? I don't know if it's it's because it's my last chemo and I know this surgery's coming and I'm scared and I'm thinking, oh God, am I, like, could I die having surgery or... And then you've got, on top of that, you've got... The radiation's coming up, I haven't had that before. What if I get a bone fanny like the rest of the girls who've got one? (laughs) And then on top of that, you've got all your other stuff like work. You haven't been in work all week. You've got Lola's birthday party tomorrow and then... Keaton is coming home. Keaton's, oh yeah, so Keaton texted me, my oldest son texted me the other night and said that he's coming home on Tuesday to Thursday next week. Um, and I was a bit shocked. I was like, why are you coming home? Because he's in Italy now at a tortured birthday. He's there mm. since yesterday. He live, just lives such a good life. And I said to him, why are you coming home? And he was like, um, because I won't be back in Europe until November. So I thought I'd just fly and visit. Um, now, I haven't asked him if he's staying here. If his, if his husband's coming with him, they'll go to a hotel. But if he comes by himself, he generally stays with us. And then the day we, he goes back on Thursday and then we're going away for a few days on Friday with the kids. Because I just, that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm a bit pissed off that now I've missed all of this week and work. I'm working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week and then I'm taking a week off. So I feel a little bit guilty. And I shouldn't, but I do. You know, um, because we're short-staffed and it's it's a shit show at the minute. Yeah, but also them being short-staffed is not your issue. Like, you have to remember, I understand that you sympathise with your team because we all do that. Like, when I'm short-staffed in my job, it is my, it's my Mm. job to find people to cover. Yeah. And that's fine, but also, I would stay, like, to help them out because I I get what you mean by finding the team, but also, you have to remember that you come first. Oh, yeah, 100%, like, and that's, that's why I'm not working today. Like, I got out of hospital last night, and I could have said, oh, I'll do a few hours tomorrow, but I would just need to get myself well. Yeah. And this is the second time that I've had a low immune system in the 12 rounds, because I remember when I did my four, six rounds of chemo, and I got really bad um, piles and a really heavy period and migraines all at once. And I went in and my oncologist said to me, it's not up for discussion, you're not having chemo this week, your levels are too low. And then when I was in yesterday, I, when I was met the oncology, oncology doctor yesterday, it was a lady and I, I'm starting to meet more lady oncologists and she was saying to me, like, my white cells are a little bit low, but nothing too worrying. So I have to build myself back up, which means I have to take it easy. But I don't know how to take it easy because that's just not what I do. Like. Mm. But I will be having a sleep this afternoon because I can feel it coming. Yeah. <laughs> on the sofa. And um, you're going Court Town next week, are you? Um, not too sure. Between Corriclow and Court Town, so mm-hmm. we've two options. So, um, it's a whole different other story ahead. We won't get into. But um, I just you're, really want to just. You're looking forward to it, though. Massively, yeah. Massively looking forward to it. I don't even care. I just want the kids to have a good time because I just know what's coming. And yeah. when I'm like. If you think about my liver surgery, it, it took me six weeks to recover, but four weeks of that was quite bad. Yeah. If it is, and I'm only saying if it is, and I know you're going to come back at me with, but you don't know. If it is, then I'm going to have a colostomy bag. It's going to be a longer, very, very long recovery. Mm. And I, a lot of adjustments for me. And yeah, that's going to impact my mental health and all of that. So there's all of those things that could be coming up. And I just, I suppose on Wednesday... I'll know whether I'm even having surgery because if my if my liver is has got tumors on it, then the surgery won't happen. Yeah. There's no point; like it wouldn't mm. be worth it. So the, I don't know, and that's the, it's the unknown that kills you. Like so, I have to wait now. 
Yeah. You know. But sure, like I would enjoy it. I would enjoy the week that you're having. Oh, yeah. Like, and if I go back and he starts this bullshit about, oh, we need more scans, that I'm going to be like, listen, I don't have the patience for this. Just get me in and get me cut and shut, and let's get on with it. Like, come on. <laughs> You know, if only it was that simple. If only if it was that simple. But I know I'll be going back to Dr. Larkin, who's the consultant who diagnosed me. He's the bowel consultant and he's going to do my surgery. And I feel confident with him. I'm really fond of him. Yeah. And I feel really confident that he'll he's be my surgeon. He's the one that looks like Ruby Walsh. Yeah, he is the one that looks like Ruby Walsh. But I really like him. When I had to have my sigmoid... My sigmoidometry done a couple of months ago. He actually did it himself. He came in especially to do that. Yeah, I don't mean he came in like he was there, but he came to do mine. And the nurse was like, no, Linda, this is going to take 20 minutes. And he was like, no, this is not. This is going to take like two minutes. Because he just wanted to go in. My tumour so low down that he only had to go slightly into the rectum. Just to check the size of the tumour. And he said, let's have the liver piece done. The liver, um, this was when I was having my liver keyhole stuff to see what was there before the surgery yeah he said you need to have that done and then we'll come around the table but i do know when i meet professor gallagher on wednesday there's a multidisciplinary team that has to happen mm. and i have to be brought to that multidisciplinary team because then i'll be i'll be with the uh the radiation doctor and his nurse which is someone completely different so i won't be with oncology for a while yeah i'll be with the radiation people and then once that piece is over then it'll be with a consultant for the bowel so there's going to be a lot of me and different people and doing different things you know so um and obviously my hope is that we can best outcome is that the bowel surgery does happen and i can go on and live my life and be cancer free for a long period of time yeah you know but that all rides on what he says on Wednesday. So Wednesday is a big deal, like, you know, and hence why I'm so upset because I'm like, oh, I'm so impatient. I need you to ring me now and tell me, you know, <laughs> because I know he'll have them results this afternoon. Yeah. Like, they do get them quick. And you, can you not ring and ask for the results? No, they, they, told, they told me that they probably wouldn't get them back till Monday. So I, I can't until Wednesday until I sit with him. Oh, okay. Um, and look, it's it's only a few days, but when you have cancer, it's torture. Yeah, it's, it's it feels like a lifetime. Torture, yeah. yeah. Um, but as a result of obviously you and um, we will finish up now for this one. Um, but as a result of us going away, because I'm going away as well, the podcast will be not next week. The podcast will be fine next week. It'll be out on Friday. But the week after, it won't be out till Saturday. Because we won't be recording it until Friday. Because we'll, I'll be back on Thursday and so will you. Yeah. So we will be recording that on the Friday. Because it's a bank holiday weekend then. We're going straight into a bank holiday weekend. Yeah. So we come back on Thursday. And then we still have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Which is great. Like, it's like four days. To, well, you don't. Because your job is different to mine. But I'm a Monday. I'm a... Monday to Friday, nine to five kind of girl. So yeah, whereas I'll be in Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> Monday's bank holiday that week. So, um, so it's great. Like, um, but hopefully next week we'll have someone on. I have a bit of chatting to do with a couple of people, and we might have to do a bit of travelling, um, which is fine. Um, and yeah, it's not. I think it's really good to kind of have this piece today. Like, do a couple with guests, and then have one, and then do a couple with guests, and then have another mm. one because. I think today I was too vulnerable to listen to anybody else's story because I'm barely coping with my own. Yeah, and it was a kind of a, a nice kind of yeah. point to check in and see how yeah. 
how you're doing and stuff like that especially because you finished your chemo so now you're just waiting yeah. on your results and I'm just like feeling very vulnerable and, and like next week I'll be in a much better pl- tomorrow I could be in a much better place but right now I'm still trying to recover from my last chemo and the impact that's had on my body like and it's yeah. just it's just I don't understand why it's just took so long usually Monday Tuesday I'm a bit rough and then by Wednesday I'm back on track but that's not the case it's Friday and I'm still like still I kind need of feeling to it. rest yeah and that's what I'll do having a kids party tomorrow apparently it's going to rain I generally have them in the back garden but if it rains I'm going to have to have it in my house which gives me a bit of anxiety around fucking how dirty my house is going to get Oh, yeah, but you can always clean so, the house. No, I know, yeah, we will. But, like, it's just, like, all oh, kids running everywhere, you know? Yeah. It'll be fine, like, and to be honest, kids just love to do their own thing when they're at a party anyway, you know? Yeah, you can kind of leave um, them. Yeah. So, yeah. look, that's where I'm at. I'm hoping that we get good news on Wednesday, and, yeah, we'll let people know then on Friday. Friday, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, well, yeah, the podcast will be out next Friday anyway, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about your scan results and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and as always, we have our petition still going. We really, really, really want to get the signatures up because yeah. it's important and it's something that we could change. Like, it, it is really possible. Yeah, it is. And look, people, you get, you get a little bit frustrated at me because I'm really impatient, and that's just the kind of person I am. And we've got 400 signatures, but we've got 7,000 views. Like, if those other 6,000 and something fucking signed it, you know, we would be nearer to getting to the dial. But we're not going to go to the dial with 400 signatures. Because actually, do you know what? I've met Leo Vradkar. He was in my house like four years ago. I think we should nearly write to Stephen Donnelly Mm. anyway, and Leo Vradkar, and maybe Michal Martin and the other guy the tall skinny guy who I really like who was the he was the minister for health before Stephen Donnelly Simon Harris yeah I really like him I think we should write individual letters to the four of them and send them on anyway while we're still pushing the petition well you can write those four letters <laughs> well you can help me because like I, I, I sometimes I can be good at words and sometimes not but yeah it's something I definitely want to do I was thinking about it during the week it can be one letter yeah. and they're all cc'd in it like do you yeah. know um like Debbie was saying, they wrote to the government before. Yeah. You know, and it's no harm that we can do that. And I'll just mention to Leo that, you know, you had a cup of tea in my house. Don't forget that. Like, so come here, listen, <laughs> just do a job. Like, you know, um, so that's something I'd like to do. And I might even have a look. Yeah. And like, we are working in the background to, to have this changed. And mm. um, it is a bit of a long process. And it is frustrating. Yeah. It is frustrating. So I want we'll... to done now. We'll get there. And um, yeah, again, follow us on all our socials. Um, get in touch. Like, we want people to get in touch. People, unfortunately, we're not getting loads of people in touch. And then they just started there. Um, it's just disgusting. But uh, yeah, get in touch and stuff like that. And because we're always happy to hear people's feedback or people's journeys or anything. You don't even mm. have to come on the podcast if you want to just write in and we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's good. No like, to hear. I've had a guy from Donegal send me a massive message about. You know, I I should have probably got it and read it out actually because it was really um, it was long and it was about how he initially started off with Crohn's disease and then ended up having cancer and you know he's just been on holiday and you know and I've asked him to come on the podcast and hopefully that will happen that'd be great if he does if he can because mm-hmm. obviously he's in Donegal and we're in Dublin. Um, Trip to Donegal. So that is another. Well, he he does work in Dublin sometimes, so he's got to get in touch. But that is another thing that I'm talking about. It's not just, 
bowel cancer, like those older bowel conditions, those yeah. older older conditions that we want to talk about everything. Yeah, you know, we kind of want to explore yeah. everything yeah. with people. Um. So yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um. And we will chat again next week. Yeah. Have a nice ones. weekend. Don't do that. Um. We wouldn't do. Thank you. Bye.